Welcome, one and all, to the greatest wrestling show on the planet, as hosted by your wily veterans, Will Macklin and Braden Mayhew, as well as the next generation cohorts, The Beast from BC, Alec Miski, and the man they call Gibby, Zach McGibbon. This is Wrestling with Idea. Welcome inside Wrestling with Ideas here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. I am the man they call Gibby, and alongside me is not Brayden Mayhew. He is uh, out with a concussion. Uh, Alec Miski has torn his rotator cuff. And uh, Will Macklin, well, we don't know. Last time we checked, he got run over by a car. And uh, we are not sure who did it, but we are pretty sure he did it for The Rock. But... Right beside me, we have a uh, very special guest. This is episode 50, by the way, which is kind of surprising that none of the co-hosts are here. But uh, we've got a great co-host here. It is Mr. Marco Rossi. How are you doing today, my man? Good to be here, Zachy. I didn't realize until you told me earlier that it was the 50th edition of Wrestling With Ideas. I feel so honored. This is a milestone episode. Uh, it, it good to be milestone. with you. I love that rock reference, by the way. Oh, R- Rikishi, I should say, I guess. Uh, oh, maybe it was Rikishi funny. that ran over. I did it for the rock. <laughs> you did, I did I it. I did it for the people. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe it was the rock. Or maybe it was Rikishi. Or maybe it was Triple H all along. We'll have to find that out at some point. Yeah, maybe mm. in a future Wrestling With Ideas episode. Maybe. Um, but uh, we got a great show lined up for you. Uh, I just actually, literally recording this, I just finished my interview with The Beast, Dan Severin, and uh, very interesting stuff. It's going to be a combination of pro wrestling and MMA, and what he says about MMA and how it's going to evolve, how he feels it's going to evolve uh, at the end. You should definitely check that part out. Uh, That's going to be quite cool. Again, we are a wrestling show, so a lot of wrestling questions uh, during that interview. But again, stay tuned. Check it out. It's going to be a good one. And uh, I'll tell you, Marco was in the room hearing this said. I could tell from his facial reactions he was enjoying the interview, and he and he only heard what was coming out of my headset. Yeah, from what I heard, I can't wait to hear the rest of it. But from what I heard, it's going to be a nice little, uh, a bit of a nice listen, I would say, because he, you know, you have those two worlds, right? MMA and pro wrestling, and yeah. you know, obviously, there's some. Uh, fans that have kind of gone to the other side the MMA side but it's kind of cool to have a, a guy that's well versed in both disciplines yeah so. absolutely so uh, stay tuned for that it's going to be a great interview of course Dan Severn a really a really nice guy he was he was awesome to talk to uh, so definitely go check him out uh, but let's uh, before we even talk about the Raw review I think we want to get some stuff off our chest because <laughs> this is the 50th episode of Wrestling With Ideas and we're going to start off with the uh, big controversy Oh, uh, and I know it's big with Marco. Okay, let's <laughs> let's just do some background info on Marco Rossi. Okay, Marco Rossi, great guy, very old school in terms of his uh, psychology and his mindset. Uh, he's he's giving the evil laugh right now. He's got the Ted DiBiase laugh going right now, only because he knows what I'm talking about. Of course, we're going to be talking about Ricochet versus Will Osprey. Now, I know a lot of people have been like, oh, everybody's been talking about it. 
Really, we just want to throw our uh, little uh, couple of dimes, uh, in this case for uh, Marco, our quarters, <laughs> into the uh, wishing well. Um, but, uh, again, I, I, I want to get Marco's thoughts because, again, we have two yeah. different opinions on the matchup. So, Marco, what were your thoughts on Will Osprey versus Ricochet at the Battle of the Super Juniors in New Japan? Oh, geez. You know, I almost I, I, it's almost like those old uh, old school Ric Flair interviews with Mean Gene. <laughs> Woo! He'd say, mean, woo, by God, Gene. I almost want to say, Zach, woo, by God, McKibben. I saw this clip. I saw the Vader tweet. Here's the funny thing. I saw the Vader tweet first, and I went, okay, I want to see what this is all about. I wish, I really, really wish I could have seen this match if I had more time. I will hopefully do that by the end of, by the end of the week so that I can, so that I can piece things together. Oh, where do I begin? I mean, it, it's basically... To me, and I know everyone has their kind of different flavors and whatnot, to me, it's just a simple thing of, I love my high spots, I don't mind them, it's just that, just time them, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't, if you get kicked in the head, sell it, you know? Because <laughs> the, the problem is, is that if, if you look at, at pro wrestling back in the day, back even the, day. the sports entertainment aspect of it because even in the heyday of the 80s it was called sports entertainment but there was still this this belief that you make it look as real as possible in this case they they didn't it was just a it was like a they, they just made it look way too choreographed and i think on on top of that I mean, uh, first off, I can't really discredit their athleticism. Uh, yeah. That that's incredible. If, if you if you discredit the athleticism, <laughs> then we're just throwing you off the show. Yeah, that, that's about it. Um, it, it, it was the, the the tweets after, which I'll get to in a second. Um, but what I uh, what I'm so I so passionate, he hit the microphone. I, I'm so passionate, <laughs> I smacked the microphone off. <laughs> can Can you hear me now? I feel like yeah. the Verizon guy. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, actually, Zach, it, it was you that. Not personally, but I think that you were posting some stuff, I believe, about Will, Will is it Osprey or anyway? Osprey, yeah, Osprey. Osprey, Ocean Spray, whatever his name is. The Aerial Assassin. The Aerial Assassin, that's right. Will Osprey. And I I actually, I almost I almost fell in love with the guy because he, he didn't just do all the flips, he mixed it with some wrestling moves, and he sold, mm-hmm. which is another reason why I was kind of shocked. I, believe it or not, I wasn't so much shocked at the no-selling because I, I mean, I, I gripe about it a lot, but what I didn't like was the fact that, number one, he knew better. Ricochet, I kind of expected it. Um, But what I also didn't like was, and I understand that Ricochet is entitled to his opinion, so whatever, and he kind of came out in defense of it and all the other wrestlers. (laughs) What I didn't like, (laughs) and we were talking about this a little bit earlier, and if you want to touch on it, Mm -hmm. by all means. The playing off of the it's Vader time motto when Willow Spray, and I thought it was just a Photoshop joke, but even yeah. then, very, very disrespectful move, in my opinion, to release these It's Osprey Time shirts. Shirts that even have the, the colors that Vader wore and yeah. says saying It's Osprey Time. I understand that, yeah, you're going to feel insulted, whether it's right or wrong or whatever. You know, because if you think that you're doing a great job, whatever, obviously it sucks when you hear somebody say otherwise, but... To do that, uh, little little tad bit disrespectful, just a wee bit. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna get off my soapbox before I get all fired up and start yeah. sweating here. But you'll be like Jim Cornette with multiple sprites in your hand. <laughs> That's right. So I'll be just... bleeding like Ric Flair. You know? <laughs> um, okay, so I've seen the entire match. Okay, um, I've seen the entire match, and. Uh, 
I will say the whole Vader deal. He did admit that he only saw a gif of it. Okay. Of of, of the uh, whole high spots mm-hmm. stuff. And I will say that I I really enjoyed the match. I okay. thought it was great. Okay. Um. The 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 point where you mentioned where he gets hit in, uh, where you get hit in the head and no selling. There was in the finish. They did have a scenario where uh, Osprey kicked Ricochet in the head twice. Mm-hmm. Went to the ropes, did a spinning kick to the back of the head, and then I think he did one more move where it was another head-related move, and then he won. So it wasn't like it was an entire, you know, like no. the entire match. Like, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. Because, listen, I'm a I'm as big of a component of selling yeah. as the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, to me as well, like, I I love my high spots as well. And 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 to me, the Ricochet and Osprey match, it had a good, very good moments of selling. There were some good moments of selling, but then there were other moments where I agree with you, where it was just a little bit too high spotty for me. But at the same time, they had a match in Evolve, uh, at Evolve Wrestling, and right. I saw that match as well. Mm-hmm. Literally the exact same match. The only problem with uh, with it is. Uh, you know, in Evolve, and no offense to Evolve at all, they've got a great promotion down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Gulak, Timothy Thatcher, all these guys. Uh, Matt Riddle, who's mm-hmm. g- really building up there. Um, they've got some great guys down there, uh, da- down at Evolve. The problem is they're not that big of a company as compared to New Japan. That's right. And so they, there was all these spots. And, and, of course, you know, the New Japan Battle of the Super Juniors is the main marquee, you know, show as compared to Evolve. Yeah. So I think it was more bound to be latched on and criticized because mm-hmm. more people were watching mm-hmm. it. Um, again, I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was fun. I thought, you know, it was something different to look at. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I will agree with you on the Vader t-shirts. Yeah. I think it's a little much. Uh, and the thing is as well, like, also should touch on, he also did the Vader bomb move. <sighs> and at the time I was like... I was like, okay, that's. At first, I was like, that's kind of funny. Then I'm yeah. kind of like, uh, you know, over time, I'm thinking, it's like, uh, just kind of take your criticism, like, take your pill and swallow it. Yeah. And then as soon as the t shirts came out, I'm like, okay, buddy, like, he just gave some criticism. Of course, he's from a different era. Yeah. Right? And so. It's it's not really fair to say for Vader, to and, and I will say this as well. I don't think it's fair for Vader to criticize cruiserweights or luchadors or anything like that, even with the moonsault. I don't think it's fair for him to say, man, what a what a terrible matchup, or man, this is why the wrestling business is dying, that sort of deal. I mean, I, I think he has every right to say it in the sense that I mean, it was kind of funny because people say, well, yeah, he was, he was, you know, 300 or 400 pounds and he actually did a moonsault, which I thought was pretty impressive. But he also, I mean, he was kind of a brawler and it was a different style. But I think it's because he was also used to a lot of the guys that he fought, even the smaller ones. There was, they obviously sold the fact that he was a monster, Mm -hmm. which is, which is awesome. As opposed to, you know, these days, would they sell it? Or if Vader, say, did the Vader bomb or he slammed him down or he punched him in the face, would they just get up and try and go at him again? Who knows? What I was going to say though is even if there were points of selling and I did see a highlight earlier today aside from the one that's been that that had obviously gone viral and caused mm. so much stress Drama among everybody yeah, yeah exactly there <laughs> was Jim a Cornette hate that, that's right <laughs> I, I honestly can't wait to hear Corny's opinion on this there, 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 it's coming no, I, oh, oh it's gonna I, be on oh, the experience it's, it's it's coming has to yeah um but for me it's just a matter of consistency because I saw a highlight Part of the match, there was a spot on, on it was on the apron or something on the outside where they were both like kind of like down and out and looked like they were in pain, yeah. and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think that if throughout the match they had something like that, yeah, 
we wouldn't be talking about it. Right. I think it'd be I think it'd be amazing. So it's just a matter of consistency because how many times do we as wrestling fans and 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 I know it's the whole don't care what people think whatever. But how many times do we hear people say, well, you know, that's just fake, right? You know, that's just fake, right? Oh yeah, fake. Every day, every single day. So my thing is try as I think I mentioned before, just try it. Make try and make it look as believable as possible. And the problem yep. is, is when you take your eye off the ball for so many years, people lose interest. They they find other avenues like MMA, which they say, or, or even boxing. Oh, it's well, that's real. But the funny, the, the irony is, MMA is all, all, kind of using a lot of pro wrestling tactics. Yep. The way that they hype up fights and all that stuff. It's it's almost like pro wrestling is kind of taking their eye off the ball a little bit, mm-hmm. or sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but um, it, like I said, it's just a matter of staying consistent. Otherwise, if it's not believable, then people are just going to go, oh, well, they don't really get kicked in the head. And even if you like wrestling and you know that it that it's that it's a work you still had the suspension of disbelief right you know that you know uh let, i don't know let's just take a movie let's say a superhero movie you know that at the end of the day the actors are not going to die for real yeah but you suspend your disbelief for a few hours you get invested hopefully if it's a good movie and yeah. or even a tv show and that's that's kind of the point that i and i think a lot of the old uh, o- old men yelling at, at the cloud shaking their canes are trying to <laughs> furiously yeah. shaking their canes that's right, yeah so um but yeah I, I, again this matchup uh by the way the entire match is up for free on new japan's uh, youtube channel so uh, you will definitely be able to watch the full match um but uh again seeing the full match I didn't think it des- it warranted the criticism it got. Okay. Only only because I saw the Evolve match as well, and it got no criticism, like whatsoever. And in fact, more positive stuff than criticism, right? Yeah, which is and, interesting. And and, and, I, and I look and I look at the Evolve match, and again, it's it's taste, right? Mm-hmm. I love my good high flying as well. I love my high flying matchups. You know, I, the, and the thing is as well with high flyers, it's. They're so high up in the air all the time, right? And you you try and focus on making that rotation to try mm-hmm. and land that you kind of forget for a moment that you have to sell the yeah, fact that you yeah. spun 360 degrees in the air. Um, so I find there's a lot of times with high-flying matchups now where selling is not very strong. Um, but in this matchup particularly, I thought it was fine. I, I watched it. I was invested in it. Um and again, I think it just the the whole hype around it was a little bit overblown. But I will say, like again, I love I love high flying matchups. But my personal favorite matchups are just the pure technical brawling matches, like the Drew Gulaks and the Timothy Thatchers and the mm-hmm. Biff Busicks and the Antonio Cesaros. Now, I, uh, I, yep, I, that's my favorite yeah, too. I'm I, a Bret Hart fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean those kind of those kind of matchups are some of my favorite matchups because. They could just tell a story just by how brutal these guys are, you know. Yep. You see a lot of times in Japan some of the slap fests that yep. these guys do. Yep. Immediately you're invested. You don't even know who these two guys are. But when they start chopping each other back and forth, you're invested like, oh, who's going to get the upper hand in the chop fest? Or those kicks. Or those or those kicks. It's, it's that sort of deal. That's why I like that sort of stuff mm-hmm. more. But again... I love. I, I'm a fan of Kalisto. I'm a fan of Neville. I'm yeah. a fan. I'm a fan of Will Osprey. Even with the whole Vader stuff, I just yeah. find it immature. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Osprey. I'm a fan mm-hmm. of Ricochet. Like all these high flying guys, I'm a big fan of. And you know, at the end of the day as well, there are other legends that have come out and said this was a fantastic match because it was unique. 
and, right. and, and, and it stuck out. And, and it's what Re- William Regal said as well. Back in his time in the 1980s, uh, that sort of matchup, people thought it was going to be the death of the industry. Right. We're still here in 2016, right? I think a lot of people overblow the fact that it's the death of pro wrestling. If we're com- being completely honest, if you consider sports entertainment a separate entity, pro hmm. wrestling's been dead for a long time. Pro wrestling is dead. Like, uh, like tag the toe. It's, I, again, we're sounding like yeah. we're sounding like Cornette here. Yeah, we're, we really are. That's okay like with me. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we really are sounding like Cornette. In my personal opinion, I just find sports entertainment a different uh, category of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's different types of pro wrestling. I I don't know if you're aware of Chikara. Uh, Chikara. Uh, vaguely, it's 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 got a lot of the the cartoony yeah. characters and whatnot. But it's well aware of that it's a cartoon, right? Yep. Like. At least it knows what it is. Yeah. And you watch Chikara. Like, there was a great speech that Mike Quackenbush, the creator of Chikara, uh, released. And he's talked about exploring pro wrestling at different uh, lights and lenses. Mm-hmm. And I find that interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, what would it look like in a comic book world? And at least they're fully pushing it as that, right? And they know that they're different. Right, so oh, oh, listen, I'm. Uh, I'll be honest. One of one of my one of my weak spots is the comic book. I mean, I I love like the because if if you look back at, at 80s wrestling when it was when it was that when there was that that golden era, you had the NWA, the Four Horsemen, the Ric Flair, and all that. Not overly gimmicky. It was it was. I mean, you know, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. They they were gimmicks. They weren't overly cartoony. I love my cartoony rock yeah. and wrestling WWF <laughs> at the time. Oh, did I say that out loud? Uh, early nineties. I, I love my. Papa Shango. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. The Ultimate Warrior. But I think, that he, I mean, to an extent, The Undertaker even, right? Yep. We all love, I, I don't think that there's, a, I mean, we can argue, oh, should he hang him up or not? But I'm pretty sure most people that are wrestling fans or were wrestling fans love Taker. Yep. You still hear him talking about Warrior, Hogan, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But, but the point I'm trying to make is that um, whether it's cartoony or not or whatever, there's a, there's a certain, I guess, way to integrate I think guys like like you were saying because I don't mind cruiserweights either I love yeah. Neville I've been singing his praises for some yep. for quite some time even a Sami Zayn or something but they also seem to understand how to sell for, I think for yeah. the most part um, especially uh especially Zayn I find recently like yeah. Zayn's very good at selling yeah and 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 I, and I think you know there was a, there was a gif that was released recently if you're a big fan of the squared circle reddit of Neville selling a leg injury. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. Like, he goes to the top rope, but his leg is so badly injured, he jumps up with one leg, and then he's trying to, you know, land, or he's trying to get balance for the red arrow, but you see his leg shaking, then he just falls off the turnbuckle. And that's what we need to see more of. It's like, I I saw that, it's like, (laughs) I I looked at that, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, this guy's hurt, what is he doing? And then you're invested, right away. That's that's it. Again, I love, you know, I love the Hurricane Ranas and the, sure. and the really nice, you know, Tornado DDTs. That mm. all those great wrestling moves—they're fantastic mm-hmm. to watch. And you could do all those high spot match, but but if you don't sell it, in my opinion, you know, it's not going to be. You know, I I won't be as invested as other people are. And I'm not gonna again. I'm not gonna take away the athleticism, and I don't think uh, Marco is taking that away. No, either. you're basically ex- arguing exactly how yeah. I would. So yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, I mean, it's like I I, I I'm I really am. I, I really was a fan of the Ricochet and uh, Osprey match, so right. I, I thought it was good. So well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to go into Raw, Monday Night Raw, Raw, Raw and uh, go through it. I thought it was an all right show. What were your thoughts? 
Uh, from the from the little bit that I saw, I I think I, I'm sure that there was uh, some room for improvement. I do have a big gripe though that I'd like to get off my chest. But if we need to take a break, I'll we'll, we'll I'll, take, let, I'll I'll let it build. We'll, t- we'll take we'll take a commercial <laughs> break. Uh, but again, when we come back, we'll start off with our raw review. And we're back. And uh, usually, in other episodes, we you know discuss. We're already in the middle of the Raw review, but we went on a 18-minute uh, thing about the Will Osprey and Ricoch- Ricochet stuff. So that was a 20-minute debate. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's great. That's that's why it's uh, called Wrestling with Ideas. We wrestle with ideas. That's right. And, uh, of course, this is the 50th episode of Wrestling with Ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, let's get started with the uh, Raw review. We're, d- we're just going to go over some of the main points here. Uh, one of the biggest points that came out of uh, Raw, was it even on from the show? Well, actually, there was one big one. But one thing I want to talk about here is uh, Bill Goldberg mm. was revealed as the uh, man behind the hashtag Hatch. Yeah. And uh, he has been released, according to his Twitter. Um, and uh, as soon as I saw that, I thought Brock Lesnar. Like, the beast has been unleashed, that sort of deal. I'm like, oh, Brock's coming back. Cool. That's an interesting way to bring him back. I, at first, when I saw Goldberg... Because they didn't show the WWE 2K17, mm-hmm. right? At first, when I saw Goldberg, I was like, oh, my God, he's coming back. Yeah. Our, our, oh, my God, yeah. I can't believe that's happening. And then it said, available for pre-order on the PS4 and Xbox One. It's like, oh, come on. Really? Yeah. But uh, I think I think it's... Uh, but a lot of people have said they made the comparison. The past couple of years, we saw The Ultimate Warrior... Uh, mm-hmm. With uh, WWE uh, 2K15 mm-hmm. uh, being the pre-order bonus, and then later on down the line, he was able to mend his relationship with WWE and be a part of the WWE Hall of Fame. The year after, we saw Sting. He wasn't even contracted with WWE at the time, as far as we know, and he was the premier pre-order exclusive bonus. And then later on down the line, he signed and got a match and uh, at WrestleMania, which. Of course, was don't the get me result. started, McGibbon. Oh my God! <laughs> got, we, I mean, Marco is tensing up here. For those who don't know, Marco Rossi is a very muscular man. He wow. has biceps. He has biceps the size of my head, and uh, I don't want to be put in a headlock. So I'm trying my best not to antagonize him. The 17-inch pythons, brother. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, um, all right. But uh, but uh, of course, we saw Sting. You know, be be a part of the WWE. Yep. Now with Bill Goldberg, mm-hmm. a lot of speculation now that since he is the pre-order exclusive, yeah. that this could lead to a potential match at WrestleMania. The big match that they really teased in the trailer, if you look closely, when he drives by a sign, the sign says Suplex City, which sounds like, and now of course this is 2K17, but it sounds like that they're trying to hype up a Bill Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar rematch at WrestleMania. Now, of course we saw... How that first match turned out. Oh, what a what a five star affair that was there. If Woo. you mean the crowd was five stars, oh. absolutely. Oh, Other yeah. than that, um, yeah, it was not very good. Now it's being deemed as a way to amend that match and give them the chance to be better. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we don't even know if Goldberg is even going to be a part of the WWE WrestleMania card uh, during that time. Now, but if he was, would you want to see a Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg matchup? No. 
Not, not, not at all. At, at not even, not even, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, he made his point clear. The, uh, ba- basically, look, I loved Goldberg. I know a lot of people, they have their criticisms, whatever. I loved Goldberg. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. I thought he was great mm-hmm. uh, at the time and his prime, whatever. I was stoked when he came back. Um, from what he said, obviously, he was miserable that one year, but he said he did it for the fans. Good on him. The match against Lesnar, awful match. Uh, and the thing is, he had to keep in mind is that both of them were younger. Yes. Even if Goldberg gets back into the shape that he was in, which you can tell he isn't, he's a lot slimmer these days, I think. Uh, Lesnar's the in trailer great shape. Uh, begs to differ. I don't know if you've seen the trailer. He looks jacked. Does he look jacked again? Because I because I I, he I remember his, his his neck wasn't popping out they like it was in '98. They but, didn't. Uh, oh, he's he's not '98 Jack. <laughs> yeah, no, but, okay. he's, but he's certainly like for 48 years old or however old this guy is. I don't want to be messing with him in the back alley. See, I I, uh, I I sound like a broken record, but I'm I'm all about '80s and '90s wrestling with people that were born in the 80s and 90s as opposed to just kind of having people that who, whose like best days are behind them and that were big in the 80s and 90s you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's it's over and i know this this is another classic example potential classic example of Vince McMahon stacking his card with the big names whether he built them up or not but they're big names without kind of investing in into the future and mm-hmm. With with some ex- pleasant exceptions, Seth Rollins as, as one of them, for example, or you know guys of that. And I know it's fun to pick on Reigns, but he does have potential. I will give him that. Um, but no, I, I I personally wouldn't want wouldn't want to see it. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I thought it was going to be Sister Abigail behind that little cave. Thing. Really? I honestly did. I was like, no, don't do it, guys. <laughs> don't release her. But thankfully, they didn't. But. No. Um, yeah, so the whole Hatch deal, I fig- I actually thought at first it was a crappy WWE Studios movie. Oh, okay, um, yeah, because, yeah. Because I looked at it, it's like, this is way too, I mean, considering what WWE does, considering what WWE does uh, for their buildup for wrestlers, this was way too productionized and lit and all that to be something. Of of a new wrestler, unless they found their next big guy all of a sudden, yeah. But which is not named Roman Reigns, yeah. And so I was looking at that, and I was like, okay, it's probably just some sort of WWE Studios movie, and they've got us. And I and I will say they they did have me intrigued. Um, and uh, so when I first saw that it was Goldberg, I was surprised. Um, now me personally. I think the circumstances around that Goldberg and Brock Lesnar match are now gone because, you know, at that time at WrestleMania 20, Goldberg was going to leave no matter what Mm -hmm. uh, because his contract expired and he didn't want to resign. He had a miserable miserable time there. You know, of course, you want to leave because of that. Um, And, of course, uh, with Brock Lesnar, he decided football was his deal, which it wasn't. (laughs) But then he went, uh, and so he decided to leave uh, the WWE and of course, WWE was upset about that because they spent three years building this guy up to be their next top star. Like, if he wasn't their next top, st- if he wasn't their top star at that time, he- they were building up to be their next top star. Yep. Um, and 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 the whole discussion of would Cena even be the top star would be out of the question because because of the whole ordeal. But that's a conversation for another time. Yeah. Um, but anyways, the whole uh, because everybody knew that both of them were leaving. The circumstances around the match are gone. Yeah, they were. And and now the crowd is not booing them because 
New York, like, for, for however you want to say, oh, the internet has grown and now they're smarter. You know, the internet has been around since the 90s. People forget that there were telephone lines to call in and be like, hey, uh, who's going to win the WCW world title? Oh, Ric Flair's going to win it again? Oh, that's awesome. I better buy the pay-per-view. There were still those call lines, but with the rise of the popularity of the internet at that time, you know, it, it got built up more. Um, and so, again, in 2000, and, and that was in 2005, of course, and that was how it got around, was the internet. Now, in 2015, the internet is even more popular, and yet somehow we have gone from hating that to being like, well, we're open to that now because, you know, the whole circumstances are gone, and Brock's got three more years left, or, how, or however long his contract goes, and Goldberg gets his one match, and you know what? We want to see Goldberg back one more time, that sort of deal. Um, so I think the circumstances around it, but I agree with you. These guys are older. I mean, Lesnar could still go. I mean, Lesnar, yeah. like Lesnar, will still throw people around, and he and he's closing in on forty. People forget that. Um, Goldberg is forty-eight, mm-hmm. and uh, Goldberg wasn't even a, that great of a wrestler to begin with. Now, I personally found Goldberg underrated in terms of his in-ring skill. I just looked to uh, Halloween Havoc 1998 with uh, Diamond Dallas Page. You can argue that he had a capable worker in DDP on the other end, but it takes two to tango. Yes, it does. And and I'm a full believer of that. It's like, if you have a really good worker and you have a solid worker, you're always going to get great matches because the worker that's solid is solid. People forget that. And that's why I think the whole range stuff is just... BS, in my opinion, because I, 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 Reigns is a great in ring. It's just the character sucks. Oh my god! And look at AJ Styles and Roman Reigns, or even when Reigns fought Daniel Bryan. Those were, in my view, and I think a lot of other people were saying, it, they're some of the best matches that Roman Reigns has ever had. Whether he was carried or not, there's something there. It shouldn't matter yeah. because he was able to stand his ground. Yes, if we're going to exactly. use this argument of a really good worker carries a lot of other workers, then the great Kali should have had five star matches with Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> he should have, because because if we're gonna go with this logic of if we're gonna go with this logic of the one guy carrying it all, yeah. the great Kali should have had four star matches, with but no, like the high. I mean, he still had his best match with Ziggler, but it was two and a half stars. Did he fight? Did he fight Dolph? I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, oh, Dolph though. Dolph is. I, I mean, that, that guy can. Yeah, that guy can have a match with a broomstick. I yes. mean, that guy is phenomenal. And yeah, but at least that broomstick doesn't have bad knees. Yeah, <laughs> that the great call he had. No cell, but or, or no cell. Yeah. A sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'll be honest, I'd rather watch the broomstick than great call these matches. But I see your That's point. That's true. Um, um, but but yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like it takes two to. Tango, and uh, the whole idea that idea that Reigns can't wrestle is preposterous to me. Like it really is preposterous to me. Um, and I think there was a chant that I remember. Uh, I think Reigns did the uh, Black Thunder Bomb, which is essentially a razor's edge thrown over his shoulder and then dropped down. It's kind of like a tiger bomb, but uh, it, the way he lands, it's actually it's more like a combination of a liger bomb and a razor's edge. Yeah, it's like a really cool move. Yeah, yeah exactly, and uh, it's a combination of that. And I believe it was that move where it w- there were you still suck chance. Like, come on. I like, think it, yeah. Like, the guy has shown improvement. Again, they just need to work on his character. Oh. I, if, if they could, like, he's got to turn heel. Like, oh. I, I see this, I see this Roman God, Reigns, yeah. and I'm like, he's got to turn heel. Because there's no way, like, I, I've, I've waited. I'm like, okay, they're just being patient with it. They're doing the slow burn yeah. with Reigns. 
and 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 I'll be patient more. But if if by the time Survivor Series rolls around and he's still a babyface, then the whole idea of him being a great heel is gone. Mm-hmm. SummerSlam after SummerSlam, where they do it like Raw after, I could see. But if they go all the way to Survivor Series to do this, which is in Toronto, by the way, mm-hmm. um, well, of course, us Canadians love that. <laughs> um, but if it goes all the way into Survivor Series, the heat is gone. The, the chance for him to turn heel is gone. And especially with Seth Rollins, like, I, I found it ridiculous that they did that documentary. Nothing against Rollins and his recovery. But you look at this documentary that they did for him. Oh, look at him trying to fight back and get back into the rain. He tore his meniscus and ACL and MCL and he's ba- and he's coming back and he's going to make this big triumphant return as the most hated guy on the company because he hurt himself and he wants to get back in the ring and Cena endorsed him to get back in the ring the <laughs> ultimate baby face Gibby, I, I, I am so happy because you have literally just laid the groundwork. You have just outlined the argument that that gripe that I that I briefly mentioned before we went for the break Oh my goodness! Me and a, and, a, and a friend of mine were talking about this. A couple of friends of mine were talking about this the other day, a couple of weeks back, actually. When Rollins came back, and you're right, the documentary, right? Mm-hmm. And this is great because you, you see, you understand a little bit of that that old school, that <laughs> yeah, that kayfabe. Listen, I, I watched some old school NWA. I've watched some Mid Atlantic. I've watched some Mid South. I've yeah, watched some. That, that's good. I'll admit. I'll admit it. So exactly. So that that because the point that I was gonna make is. Um, because me and my friends were discussing this, is that is that you you know obviously Reigns has to be tweaked. We get rid of the shield stuff, get rid of the vest. You know, I mean, I looked at his have stuff him wear and, a suit, have him wear something else. Yeah, I mean, my God, in developmental when he was not as experienced, mm. I honestly enjoyed him more. He had yeah. the trunks on, and he had I think his finisher was like it was like a standing bulldog, but like he like flailed his legs in the air, yeah, and like spun around. I didn't really know what it was called. Now I forget, but it was a stupid gimmick he had, like yeah. layaki. But you know what? It, it worked for him. Um, there was that one promo sometimes that you see circulating on the internet. He was in a suit, and he's kind of like a cocky heel. He has that in him. Yeah, and he he was a good heel with the shield but obviously he was uh well he was shielded yeah uh because he was the hot tag. yeah he, was, he got the hot tag he's the power guy a lot of people criticize him too because there's there are things there are you know people's attitudes and tastes change for what they like and don't like in the wrestling business with it like as as with anything we like our daniel Bryans, cesaro's our sammy zanes our aj styles our samoa joe's our guys like that that can that can go the distance. Reigns is all power moves, yep. pretty much. Now, again, I think that, as we both agree on, as thousands, hundreds of thousands of people would agree, tweak him, mm-hmm. and for goodness sakes, turn him heel. Which me, which brings me to my point that what, what me and my friends were discussing was, last Monday night, when Rollins came back, he simply had to do this, and they were all cheering for him. And again, with the documentary, with the ultimate good guy baby face who will probably never turn heel, uh, <laughs> John Cena endorsing him. This was the perfect time for a double turn. Mm-hmm. You could have had Reigns. You could have had Rollins first, I, I should say, cut a promo saying that being on the shelf and seeing all the fans love and support kind of opened his eyes a little bit, mm. changed his mind. He had a bit, bit of an epiphany mm. that, you know what, when, not if, but when I when I take your title, Roman, the one I never lost, because, I you know, and I'm simply going to regain it, 
I I am going to be a champion for the people, not obviously to rip off the rock, but you know what I mean, right? The people's champion. Exactly, right? If you smell what the Seth is cooking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so as opposed to, you know, and then what happened, as opposed to what, the, what they did, which is just simply keep him healed, because it's basically a big F you to us, because Reigns could have then argued it, or he could have said, you know what, because obviously the fans were going to cheer, and regardless of what Seth Rollins does, after he would have said, I would have been a champion for the people, and as, unlike you who's all in it for himself, then Roman Reigns could have looked at the fans and said, you know what, to hell with you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm still the, uh, you, you know, you have what, you have something, or you don't have something that I have, and that and that's this, and yeah. talk, maybe justify how he earned it or whatever. Yeah. And then you know if you want it you're gonna have to you're gonna have to earn it. So to hell with to hell with you guys. You, you can have them. Yep. I'm just gonna do me then kind of thing. So that to, would be perfect. To go off that point, I really like that uh, booking idea. Um, I, again, there's still potential of a double turn at Money in the Bank. I yeah. mean, there's still that uh, that uh, like Money in the Bank to me is the perfect opportunity for a double turn. I don't think they'll do it. But is it too late? Is it too late at that point? It depends on where this story goes, yeah. and uh, and to go off your point on uh, Reigns, you know, is uh, Rollins be like, I was a champ for the people. Again, WWE does not do this, but you could put in past storylines where Reigns was gone with a groin injury, I believe it mm-hmm. was, and when he came back, he got booped. Mm-hmm. You could build off of that. You just be like, I got, Bingo. I got, I, I came back from an injury and I get booed. But when Rollins, you come back, you were a weasel and you get cheered. This is a load. I uh, and turn his back on the fans. You got it's it. It's essentially you got what it. it's essentially what the Rock uh, did, right? Exactly. For that like, turn his back for ideas. Just use it his. Turned, turn his back <laughs> on the fans because <laughs> when he joined the Nation of Domination, he totally saw what they were doing. But the fans turned against him. He's like, you know what? I'm going to gravitate towards that, and you're all going to hate me because of it. Well, they hated him, I mean, before that, because I think that's when they put him in, in the nation, was because when he was that generic vanilla babyface, Rocky Maivia, and everyone was kind of like, eh. Next top star, Rocky Maivia. Yeah, the, the blue chipper, the young blue chipper. I remember JR saying <laughs> yeah. that at the Survivor Series. But, like, exa- well, that's exactly it. Just use, if, if they're that strapped for ideas, use that as a blueprint. Just use what they did with his cousin, The Rock. Reigns doesn't have the charisma of, of, of The Rock, but he has something. In there, yeah, and it, like you said, just he's got a good that. look. I he's mean, got a great he's, look. He's, he's he's got a good look, and uh, you know, if you let him, if you don't script his promos as much, yeah. Like, here's the thing with scripted promos. Okay, it's fine to script your promos. I think the writers that are scripting the promos are bad. I like it's fine if you script the promos. It's again, you just have to determine the acting ability of a of a wrestler. And Reigns is not that great of an actor. So you, what you have to do with Reigns is again, it, it seems like we've been saying this for two years now, but don't have Reigns talk so much. Give him a manager. We've been, we've been we've been give him a manager if you want him to, but don't even do that. Just be have him where uh, Reigns is just like you know. Uh, just give him a couple words and just be like, you know, the believe that thing. It could have gotten over. Mm-hmm. It, it really could have. It's it just you gotta be. Like, he's you gotta have him be like. He's like, I see. I see my opponent in the ring, and all I see is uh, you know a, a target and all this stuff. Right? It doesn't like obviously the way I said it, it's crap because I'm not a wrestler. But it's like that sort of thing is like, 
like the stuff when he says, I'm gonna bust him right in the mouth, mm -hmm. that sort of deal. He pulls that off well, because you're like, yeah, you could definitely bust his mouth open. Yeah, you so don't just need a script have, for so that. just have him do stuff where it's like where it's like, I look at you and I just see another opponent in the ring in my way. I'm gonna bust you in the mouth and I'm gonna move on to the next one. And right. I and it sounds like Goldberg, I know, but you know what? <laughs> He worked. It, 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 well, that's the thing, and and I mean, I, I wouldn't that's how overly. Ryback got over too because he didn't talk. Feed he, me more. All it he worked. said was feed me more. <laughs> the most cartoony thing I've ever seen, and then it got over. <laughs> it that's worked. why I was a huge Ryback fan because you know what? He knew his character. He At did. least Ryback has had more of a character than Roman Reigns did. He let did. us not let us not deny that. No, you can't. You, you really can't deny can. that. No matter your feelings on Ryback, you know, he had more of a character than Roman Reigns is right now. Well, and that that's just it. You they just don't pushed him to too go, quick. You don't have to go all Disney cartoon with Reigns, although in this case it might actually help the guy. Yeah. But you don't have to overly script him either, because scripted promos, there's because then it just becomes like no emotion and, and it's all not speaking from the heart. You know, some bullet points fine if you're like really, really bad. Like for I don't know what they did for a guy like Ryback, because his promos weren't amazing. No. I don't know if they overly scripted or not. But something like like that, just kind of work with it a little bit. And that's why I, I like NXT, because if if you if you watch the, the podcast a while back that he did with, uh, with with Stone Cold, he was talking about how the guys in NXT are doing either bullet points or kind of straight from the heart promos like the old days, which is something that I know Austin... You're talking about Triple H here? Triple H, yeah, yeah, Triple H was mentioning that's what he's doing in NXT. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, thank God, because as Austin had, had mentioned... Uh, I think a, like a year or so before I think it was on, on his podcast like the scripted promos aren't good could you imagine like I'm thinking back now can you imagine trying to script a guy like Austin The Rock Flair Rhodes guys like that and Piper even Hogan who, Savage guys who were just so good on, on the mic that's why they need to get that creative freedom back a little bit yeah. and for a guy like Reigns you can help him out a little bit sure mm -hmm. but eventually he's got to learn right some of the greatest moments in film are unscripted Right. Some of the greatest films, like Aliens. Remember the Game Over Man, Game Over in Aliens? Mm -hmm. Unscripted. That was all Bill Paxton because he knew his character. And he knew what, what his character was. And it was a scared Marine uh, trying to survive. And when he sees his other Marines get taken down, he believes it's all over. He cannot survive. And that's why it's Game Over Man, Game Over. So what? So that's the thing. They need to at least get to the step where what is Roman Reigns' inner character? If it's not, if they're not going to give him some big over-the-top cartoony character, let him be an extension of himself. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't think this is it. And, and in, in the case of the new era that yeah. they're hyping up, I find in this new era, we're seeing a lot more athletes coming into wrestling. Mm -hmm. I, I really do. Um, I get people are like, oh, well, look at Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens can do can jump from the top rope, spin around, and then do a moonsault. Can you do that at 180 pounds or no. whatever? Or whatever kind of frame you're at. Not you, Marco. I know you could probably do that. But, no. <laughs> but, in, terms of, but in, terms uh -uh. Other, in terms of like the normal human being, yeah. can a normal human being do that? I don't think so. No, I, I was impressed. But even he had to kind of trim down a little bit when he got there. Oh, but, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I'm not saying he, he could just like let himself go. Yeah. I mean, just look at Chris Hero. Oh yeah. my goodness, like, that guy had so much star potential, and he still does. Like, I look at Chris Hero, like, don't get me wrong, I love his matches. If you mm -hmm. watch his pro wrestling gorilla matches, mm -hmm. all they are just brutal elbows, mm -hmm. uh, forearms, pile drivers, classic 80s old school wrestling. 
That's what that's what it is. And whether you want to admit it or not, as a new era fan or whatever, that's fine. But when I see it, I I get reminded of the '80s Mid South wrestling uh, with Chris Hero. And on that point, the thing that really screwed uh, Hero over was the fact that he wasn't willing to go the extra mile to get himself in good shape. Because even when he was down in NXT, he he I mean he wasn't in the worst shape, obviously. No. But you look at his body type. And you're like, add a little bit more definition, right? Mm-hmm. And he refused to do that. And look at what happened. Mm-hmm. He's he like, you look at him, it's like, wow, what a great wrestler. And he's able to do, you know, all this great stuff. But the thing that just screwed him over in WWE is he didn't look like an athlete. No. And 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 right now we're starting to go into an era where a lot more athletic people are coming in. And I think that's what they want to do with this new era. And 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 people may be shocked when they hear this. Roman Reigns can be the perfect fit. For an athletic new era. Because little do people realize just how athletic Roman Reigns is. Football background. The leaping ability that he has. He's chiseled. Like, he's ripped. He's, he's, I mean. he's ripped. And, and, you know, he's got... The thing that really underrates uh, Reigns, in my opinion... Oop, the thing that really uh, underrates Reigns, in my opinion, is his agility. People, yep. people underestimate how quick this guy is. Mm-hmm. This guy can move around in the ring, and he's able to go. Styles recently said in an interview, AJ Styles, that Roman Reigns is such a beast of an athlete to work with that it makes his matches unique mm-hmm. because he's such an athlete and there's something to work with there. It is, especially because, I mean, so, we all know AJ's got the, the agility of a cat, and it's nice yeah, that he can work with someone like that. Yeah. Exactly. So as, so as soon as I heard that, I'm like, you know what? Reigns can be that guy. But they don't know how to apply that. Yeah. And, and hopefully this new era, sh- you know, that they're hyping up. I mean, God, for, you know, all this new era crap, this better work. Because we've seen them hype up Divas Revolution. We've seen them hype up Tout. We've seen them hype up all this crap and it doesn't work. This new era thing, it better damn work. Otherwise, otherwise, I don't know what WWE will be in the next five years. Because at least with this new era thing, they have an idea of where they want to go. They want to move forward. They want, uh, you know, some of the more athletic talents to be showcased. They want newer guys to be showcased as well. At least they have an idea of what they want to do. And if they are able to fully uh, realize that idea, it could be really, really good for them. But in the past, the only thing we've seen that they've heavily, heavily, heavily marketed towards us that could be even considered somewhat of a success is the WWE Network. <laughs> and even then, it took them two years to finally get, you know, some successful numbers. Yeah. And they still, like, they said that they were going to get 2 million subscribers by the end of 2014 when it yeah. launched. It's 2016, and there's 1.6 million subscribers. 1.6! They're close. They're closing in. Yeah. I mean, they're closing in, but they, they've got to work on some more stuff. So, anyways, I think this is actually just going to go in the podcast edition because we just <laughs> rambled on. Um, so, we're going to take another quick commercial break. When we come back, we are actually going to go into Raw this time. Uh, this the, the next one will probably be just the start of our actual radio show. Just all the Raw stuff, and maybe we'll add one of the clips at the end. You're listening to Wrestling With Ideas here on CKDJ 107.9. Ottawa's new music. Welcome inside Wrestling With Ideas here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. I just remembered this too. We usually give uh, the uh, co-hosts, the new co-hosts that come in, the guest co-hosts, uh, a nickname. And I just thought of a great nickname for you. We're going to call you Marco Rolo. Marco Rolo. Marco Rolo. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm afraid I don't follow. <laughs> uh, Marco, you see Marco Rossi, yeah. Marco Polo, Marco uh, Rolo. Okay. Okay. Corey Mess, Corey Mess, who was also on this show, I believe he was on episode 45. Go check that out on WrestlingWithIdeas.Podbean.com. We gave him the nickname of Corn Mess. Right. Because, you know, Corey Mess, Corn Mess. Right, right, right. It right. just naturally adds up. Okay. So to me, Marco Rolo, it, it just adds up. You just add it. You take the P away from the polo, and you add an R, and then it's Marco Rolo. Marco Rolo. Okay. If you ever get into the wrestling business, you better use that as your gimmick name. Okay. And you better credit me with it. You're okay? going to be my manager on the indie scene. Maybe yeah, I'm going to be the manager to the manager to the wrestler. Beware of Rolo. That's Beware of Rolo. Something like that. I don't know. Oh, uh, man. But anyways, uh, yeah, we're going to go over uh, Raw. Now, both of us haven't really uh, seen too much of Raw. I mean, I saw the main parts of it. Um, and uh, so we're just going to go over the main parts of Raw. And uh, again, this Raw, I thought it was fine. I thought it was, uh, you know, there's there was some good stuff in there. There was some bad stuff in there. That's generally what you get from Raws. It's but a three-hour show. It is a three-hour show. Jeez. I can't wait for SmackDown. On, I, I will start watching SmackDown more after the brand split comes oh, in. Oh, that's, an, that's another big topic for yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Because oh, yeah. I know we'll be going on for <laughs> minutes on minutes, hours on hours on end. Um, but... Uh, on that note, I can't wait for SmackDown. I, I really can't. Mara Ronaldo commentary, two hours of shows. Oh, I can't wait for SmackDown. <laughs> I really can't wait. Um, and, and, and Shane McMahon will probably run it. I can't wait. But anyways, we still have to deal with these three-hour Raws. And, hmm. uh, you know, these three-hour Raws... Uh, recently have been bearable. I mean, there's the stuff that... There's the stuff you don't really want to see. But the stuff that you do want to see... This one especially, AJ Styles coming out to confront John Cena, who made his big return on Memorial Day, mm-hmm. and uh, wow, what what an atmosphere this was for a promo. Now I was kind of surprised because, yeah, all to to me, in, in all honesty, I was never the biggest TNA guy when I when I got back into wrestling in 2011. I really wasn't, like, I was well aware of AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode and Eric Young, although Eric Young wasn't really that popular at the time, but you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I was a big mark for a while. Um, you know, you know of, the, of that TNA style. Um, and so, and, but I was well aware of, man, what would happen if John Cena faced AJ Styles? Yeah. Back, and that was back in 2011. A lot of us were wondering that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, to finally see that come to fruition... On last night's Raw, wow, of course that was a recording. Of last night's Raw, wow. Just wow. It was the the thing that really sold it for me, crowd reaction. Bar none, the crowd reaction was fantastic. Um, And, uh, you know, just dueling chants of AJ Styles, let's go Cena. For five straight minutes this, this occurred. I'm sitting there, it's like... I'm waiting for them to calm down, and they're not. Yeah, a Just, very divided crowd. It was very divided. And, of course, the big story to come out of this was the heel turn uh, from AJ Styles. I didn't see this coming. 
No, we didn't. So you know, thought the Bullet Club. Oh, they already got rid of them. Uh, yeah, then, the the club. Yeah. Um, oh yes, they. Sorry, the club. Yeah, I don't want them to be shooting blanks or anything. <laughs> the BB Gun Club. The BB Gun Club. Yeah, PG. Yes. Yeah, you gotta keep it PG. <laughs> uh, the BB Pellets Gun. Yeah. The Pellet Club. There you go. There's, the, there's our new name. Um, but we saw AJ Styles turn heel. I was like, wow. Wow, they they decided they're gonna go for it. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm I'm ecstatic about that. I really am. Um, and uh, you know that whole ordeal. It was a great promo. Um, the best part for me was Styles leaving the ring after he had beaten up John Cena. Starts walking up the ramp and just runs right back in and starts beating him up again. Gets out of the ring, starts walking up the ramp, runs right back in, beats him up again, goes up the ramp. And then runs right back in and beats him up some more. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Now, the big question out of this is, will AJ Styles beat John Cena clean at Money in the Bank? Because he has lost two straight pay-per-view matches. Quality matches, no doubt. But he has lost both of them. I think three or four if you count the one at Mania with Jericho, which surprisingly he lost. Oh, well, three straight pay-per-view yeah, three, losses. That is correct. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, so... And if you count the Rumble elimination, but yeah. Yeah, well, that's not good. He wasn't going to win it. Yeah. Singles matchups, three straight pay-per-view yeah. losses. Do you think that WWE will let a TNA lifer go over their top star in John Cena at Money in the Bank? My God. Now, it is possible. We did see Kevin Owens, who is a Ring of Honor guy. Go over John Cena at at a well elimination chamber once, once, yeah, and then Cena run the won the yeah, rest of the fifty fifty booking. Uh, you gotta love. It. Well, actually, it was more like sixty six point six 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 percent, thirty three point three 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 percent booking. If you really look at it, sixty six and two thirds chance of winning. We got to get Scott Steiner in to do the math. Maybe I don't know. Oh, uh, we if we could get Scott Steiner in for interview. I'm hoping a lot of people got that one, but uh. <laughs> oh, 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 people got that. I, I, I knew right away what you were saying when you were talking about that, bro. Um, but anyways, uh, again, AJ Styles, do you think he will beat John Cena clean at Money in the Bank? Ah, uh, it's so tough because basically we're at a point now where they want to groom it. Obviously, I, I would assume Roman Reigns to be the next heir to the throne, the next face of the company. Obviously, with the brand split, they're probably going to split them up and have Cena be the face of one and Reigns the other. They definitely need to build somebody up, Rollins. <laughs> but uh, uh, did I say that out loud? Yeah, I think good, you did. Rollins. Yeah, good. Uh, I'll have to go no. through the audio recording. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> and, but this is good. I, I like that there's uncertainty because yep. Cena doesn't need the win. And I'm not saying this out of hatred because I love John Cena. I respect the hell out of him so much. I think he busts his butt. He's a, he's a loyal foot soldier. He's done his thing. Everybody complains about how stale he gets. Oh, he just changes his T-shirt every few months. Is that his fault? I don't think so. Even if he has some stroke backstage. Would it be cool to see a heel turn one day? Maybe, but again, he's getting up there in age. He's, I don't know. It's it, Here's the thing. It'd be nice for AJ Styles to finally get his first win at a pay-per-view, especially against John Cena. But honestly, and I know it's not like a definitive, yeah, I think he'll win, yeah, I think he'll lose. I honestly don't think it matters. Really? I, I think that regardless, you're facing John freaking Cena. True. And I don't care. And I know that basically you're going to have that divide now, right, between the 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 indie uh, fan 
internet wrestling community types, the the smarks, I guess you can call it. And we're all we're all marks. We're all smarks in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Versus the 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 Cena fans, the six year olds, and the the family, the soccer moms, and whatever. So I love that there's like this kind of divide. I but I think it's okay. I, I think it'll it'll elevate AJ Styles regardless. It's still gonna piss people off if he loses because yeah. then it's like, is he ever gonna win? Because yeah. then he looks kind of weak, which is why it would have been nice for him to beat Jericho. Yeah. I don't know. Do you do you think he's gonna beat him? I have no idea. I mean, I, I look at this and I'm like, it could go either way. It really could. Now, going off what you said about uh building reigns up, if WWE wanted to do this, you could have Styles beat Cena, but in a way, have it relate back to Reigns, in which the fact is Reigns has beaten AJ Styles, and AJ Styles is no slouch because he beat John Cena in his first time facing Cena, and Cena is a legend here in this business, Michael. That sort of deal. <laughs> you know, you could do that JBL, you could do that JBL sort of building up, right? Where you relate it back to Reigns, of course, if WWE really thought about this. Make Roman Reigns look strong. Somehow in the end, Reigns will look strong. And Cena looked like the ailing, old, aging kind of warhorse, right? In right. a sense, because is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, essentially, and and and, and uh, of course not the ascension, um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, like the storyline I always had in mind for Cena was uh, once The Rock left, uh, beat Cena, what I wanted him to do was be on a downward, uh, you know, go, going downwards and being like, oh, I lost to The Rock, and. Uh, He's, he's like, okay, I got to start facing other opponents. And he goes on a slump. People start beating him. He looks human. He's, he's human all of a sudden. Oh, no, what is this? And uh, mm-hmm. when you had a... Do you remember the promo he cut when, after the Lesnar match at Extreme Rules where he said, I got to take some time off for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Vaguely, uh, but I think I yeah, do, yeah. Yeah, like uh, 2012, Brock Lesnar versus John Cena, Brock Lesnar's first match. And, of course, Cena beats Lesnar. What a stupid decision, and I still hate that decision to mm-hmm. this day. And what you do is uh, maybe you build up Lesnar coming back, and you still have Cena being like, okay, well, it was another opponent, but he starts showing signs of being human. Then Lesnar, you give that beating that he gave to Cena at the SummerSlam 2014, you apply that to Extreme Rules 2012, and Cena goes, he's like, I've lost two straight pay-per-view matches, and I've gotten my ass beat. I just got my ass beat. He's like... I need to go sit down and think about this mm-hmm. for a while, what I'm doing. And he looks human. Because guess what? The Superman shtick does not work in the 2010s. It doesn't. Um, so I think people will get, yeah. would get behind a guy who, who's down now. He's not Superman anymore. Mm-hmm. He's human. And people get behind that. And he goes off on a break. He looks at Hollywood. He starts looking at acting gigs. And he goes, maybe this is what I want to do. Maybe this is maybe this is my life, mm-hmm. and then finally he realizes no, wrestling is his is his career, and that's what he wants to pursue. And you do the John Cena comeback tour, where it's like finally he has to prove he's worth it, but he still has to go through a couple of losses at the start because he's been gone for so long. He's rusty, and, and he's rusty, and and that'll give other guys the big win because it's like, wow, you know, like. He's lost to Lesnar. He's lost to Rock. And now, you know, guys like Cesaro is coming up at mm-hmm. this point. Heck, even other guys like Kofi Kingston was still somewhat of a draw at that time. If you could have Kofi Kingston go over John Cena, which seems ridiculous now, 
But when he was over, you could be you could give other guys that big win that they needed when they were building up Wade Barrett. It, Barrett really needed a win to get oh over. Oh my god, did he and, ever. And uh, if you gave that win to Barrett, you could start off a new storyline with Barrett where it's where he's like, oh, I beat John Cena, and I'm gonna go face uh, Brock Lesnar because I have the ball hammer. Yeah, something that, like that. Uh, something like that. And then finally Cena starts building himself back up to a WrestleMania moment with that rematch for The Rock that people want to see. He goes, I know it was once in a lifetime, but I need to prove that I could beat you. Because no one wanted to see it because it was there wasn't really anything to it. I mean, he lost fair and square, and he didn't really take a toll on it. And he wasn't mentioning it. He wasn't like, Rock beat me, Rock beat me, Rock beat me. Yeah, he just beat him the next He was year. just like, hey, I beat The Rock. How's it going, Miami? That sort of deal. So, yeah. I mean, that's that was the, my thought with Cena. Going completely off track. But anyways, no, I love it because then you would have had that the U.S. title thing. It could have yeah. been like a stepping stone with yeah, him. Yeah, and, and then you do the good. open challenge, bingo. And then he starts showing his worth by having these great matches with other guys, and then finally it leads to the title match. Bingo. This is like this. That storyline could have worked. We should be booking raw. We should like, be booking raw. Is... Hashtag Gibby and Marco <laughs> for creative. Um, but you could still. There's still time left for that storyline, in my opinion. And, and again, it should have started again after the Brock Lesnar beating yeah. that he took in 2014. <laughs> but there's still time. Is there still hope? There His is time still... is up. His time is now. Well, you can't <laughs> see him. His time is now. Um, but the, I think this storyline could start going off track. I think this storyline could start with Styles and be like, wow, I got beat by a world-class competitor in uh, in uh, AJ Styles. And I just came back from, you know, my mm-hmm. shoulder injury or whatever his injury mm-hmm. was. I'm pretty sure it was his shoulder. And you and you can have him be like, uh, man, I totally didn't expect that challenge. Then he faces another guy, let's say Cesaro, who's the Intercontinental Champion. And Cesaro comes out who, who just beat The Miz for the title. Probably not at Money of the Bank, more like SummerSlam. You could build up a Cesaro versus John Cena match, which I would love to see. Um, they they done it once or twice before yeah. and it worked fine. Oh, oh on so. Raw, oh on Raw, oh those matches were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have Cesaro. Come. Cesaro with the IC title, by the way, is a fantastic idea, and I hope it happens. As yeah. much as I love my miss, but go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Cesaro versus John Cena for the IC title. Cesaro ha- comes out and, sa- and he's like, "I got to prove to you, I'm the best," in order to move on, and he beats Cena. And he's like, wow, another world-class athlete in this new era. And it's like, wow, I really got to start stepping my game up. Then another guy goes over. Maybe you do another rematch with Kevin Owens. Maybe you put him against the Sami Zayn. Put over some of these newer guys and be like, wow, these are some world-class athletes now. Mm-hmm. I've been gone for a while. I've got to think about what I want to do because now Hollywood is coming up. And it's like, and, and it's looking good and he's got a career after and then finally he says, no, wrestling is my thing. And then at WrestleMania 33, you could do the big blow-off match where you could have, like, Vince McMahon being like, you're no more, you're not my draw. And you could be, and you could have a Reigns, a heel Reigns with Vince McMahon in the corner and a face John Cena and have him in a passing of a torch match at WrestleMania 33. That's how you could build it up. My God, I think that's fantastic. The only, honestly, I think that that's, that's excellent. The only thing that I, would, that I would tweak, the only thing, and I hate to do that after you just went off, but <laughs> the IC title match, I would just rewind that a little bit and we can agree or disagree on this. I would, I would may, instead of saying, because if Cesaro has a belt, even if it's the IC strap, not the world strap, 
he's got a belt, right? Yeah. So Cena, instead of saying I have to beat, even though Cena's the big the big man, yeah. you could do that. Or what? Let me just see what what you or the the listeners think. Would you instead maybe have Cena, who's because like you said, it's his, it's his comeback tour, right? Yeah. I have a shot at the Intercontinental Championship. The Intercontinental Champion, an amazing competitor who earned that 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 title, like Cesaro. Mm-hmm. This is my chance to move up that to keep moving up that ladder. Mm-hmm. Can can you maybe structure it like that? That could that could definitely and then work. do the rest of what you were saying. Yeah, um, that could definitely work. I'm looking at it as sort of a downward progression when it comes to the IC title. Because it's like, oh, I got lost. I lost the styles. Oh, well, well, I'll just step down and just work the mid card and go for that IC title, who we, which he's not won yet. I'd be like, oh, well, there's a new goal I have to strive for, but he can't beat Cesaro. Cesaro Because Cesaro completely? has wrestled him before because right. of the open challenge. And so he, he knows Cena. Yep. And he knows his moves mm-hmm. and he knows what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Build that up and just be like, wow, Cesaro's a smart, strong competitor. Cena drops down another peg. He's like, oh. This, these are some top-notch competition. And you keep going down to a point, and then you have him take another couple of weeks off to build up the fact that he's, you know, a draw that will only show up every once in a while because he's starting to get to the point where his injuries are starting to catch up right. with him, in my opinion. And well, then you can build it back up where it's like, okay, I've been down this road. All these great competitors are, you know, fantastic. Lost my title shots. Yeah, yeah. I lost my title shots, that sort of deal. There's one last thing for me to do. Yeah. And I need to prove this because he's the top guy right now. And this is with the heel reigns. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is my last shot at being the top guy. Roman, I want to face you for the title uh, at, at uh, WrestleMania. And Vince McMahon's like, no, John. You see, Roman has been stepping up to the plate. And as part of this new era, you know, he, we have to have somebody that represents the new era, not the old era, John. And you can have Vince in the corner of Roman. And people will totally believe that because it's like Vince wants Roman to be the guy. You can, they'll totally believe Vince being in the corner, being like, "I want this new era, right?" And Cena's like, "Oh, but I need to cut. But I want this one last chance at the top." And and then and then at WrestleMania, I th- I believe Reigns should beat Cena, and then the new era begins. And I know it'll be a heel th- leading into a new era, but a new era has to be fully recognize. You can't just keep saying it. Because right now, I don't feel like we're in a new era until the brand split. But if Reigns, once Reigns beats Cena at the grandest stage of them all, you have the passing of the torch. Mm-hmm. Cena is no longer the top guy. Mm-hmm. Reigns is now the top guy, mm-hmm. but he's the top heel. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a money draw in him and people coming in just to boo him. I think there's some hidden magic behind that. There is. There's. I mean, you look at, uh, again... Going old school, if you look at the Sheik, the original Sheik, when he was defending the title at the Maple Leaf Wrestling, he d- he was the heel. Oh, the Iron he, Sheik or the original Sheik? The original Sheik. He wrestled uh, for Maple Leaf Wrestling in Toronto Okay. during the 1970s, and he held the title belt, mm-hmm. and he held it for years as well. Yeah, so did because Bruno. P- and yeah. so did Bruno, but the, th- the difference between Sheik and Bruno was Sheik was a heel. Yes. And, and people bought... Tickets to see if someone could beat him. Bingo! I was going to make that point, but go ahead. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and so you could—that's some hidden money right there yeah, with Reigns yeah, if you yeah, want to do yeah. that. Because there's just so much heel heat around there. It's like this could actually draw in which people come in and boo him, and you have different faces lining up, and he's got this long reign ahead of him. 
Marco's loving this. Marco is loving this. I am loving this. So, uh, so uh, but tell me more. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> but, but that's what I'm thinking uh, in terms of uh, you know if you want if you if they are fully recognized what's going on with rain. So, anyways, we went on a tangent. Wow. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna take another commercial break. When we come back, we're gonna talk some more raw. We're just gonna go over some main stuff, and then uh, we'll bring you to our interview with uh, the Beast. Not Brock Lesnar, but the original Beast, the pre-Brock Lesnar, the pre-Brock Lesnar, properly, and who could <laughs> who could still probably kick my kick my butt <laughs> ten times fold. Uh, Dan Severin, uh, we've got a great interview uh, lined up for you guys uh, with uh, Dan Severin. He is an awesome dude. You'll definitely want to listen to it if you're an MMA fan as well. We asked some MMA questions. There's one MMA question that I'm sure uh, people will be interested in: is will we see another Ken Shamrock fight? Stay tuned for that and more here on Wrestling With Ideas on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. And we're back. So uh, let's just wrap up Raw because we really, you know, just didn't, we, we both aren't, we didn't see the entirety of Raw. Um, and so another thing I really want to talk about from this Raw, because there wasn't really a lot in terms of storyline progression, but one of the things that I want to talk about is uh, the U.S. title. Rusev is looking fantastic right now. Mm-hmm. He looks like a dominant U.S. champion. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was all just being built so that they would have this big epic fight between Cena and Rusev. It was a pay-per-view match at WrestleMania. Have it on Memorial Day for the U.S. title. Cena gets it back. Woo-hoo. You know, you know, do-do-do-do. That sort of deal. But no, we're seeing a new competitor uh, stepping up to the plate. And it's Titus O'Neil. Mm-hmm. Now, interesting. It, it's interesting, and I and I will and I am glad that they're trying somebody new, and I think O'Neill is a guy that deserves it, um, especially for you know charity work and all that stuff for WWE. What he's been able to do, all that jazz. Post suspension too, I thought for exactly. sure he would be forever blacklisted. Yeah, but. I thought I thought as well that he would be as a part of the cuts. Because just just yeah. because of that whole just because of that whole incident alone, but uh, fortunately for WWE, ooh, fortunately for WWE, they had the wherewithal to realize that that would make him look really bad. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm I'm down for Titus O'Neil challenging. He's not winning the title, but I think what this is going to build up to is uh, if you build up Titus O'Neil, this will look even better for the brand slip uh, slip split coming up, and uh, again the brand split. Will uh, definitely be uh, interesting to see who will get drafted to where. I know. I only wish we had so much time to talk about that. That's almost an entire show in and of itself. Oh yeah, but, just uh, like <laughs> just do our own little WWE yeah. draft. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see what they'll do with Titus O'Deal. Mm-hmm. He looked pretty strong out there. Um, not as strong as Roman, obviously. No, no, he but can't. He, but but he looked pretty strong out there, which is a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I I'm interested to see where they go with Titus. Again, he is an older guy. I believe he's thirty-eight. Jeez, so, that's so, right. so he's, so he's. We don't know. I mean, he still looks fantastic. Don't get me wrong. He does. But we don't know if he's going to be how much longer he'll be in the ring. He'll probably have like, I'd say, five more years. I'd say because he's only been in the biz, the biz, for a couple of years, and he hasn't really hit the main roster until two years ago. Well, I mean, it, the, he 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 was. I mean, it, they had. I, I love the primetime players. I'm still mad that they split them up. 
twice now. Yeah. There was some magic there. Got rid of their manager, which was a real shame. They were still okay. It was and a then stupid comment, though, and I could totally see why. No, I, I yeah, for it, 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 it kind of, yeah, it's unfortunate. And then, like I said, I thought there was some chemistry there, even without without Abraham Washington. And then they had uh, the little feud, which went nowhere because they didn't do a good enough job of building them up as a credible threat to the tag team division. And then they're back together, and they were like jobbers, kind of. Yeah. And then they split again, but like with no real announcement. And I don't know. I I think Titus would be an interesting. This is like an interesting little bit of like a reboot for him. I think. Yeah. So I don't know. I, it's cool. I like Rusev too. Yeah. Didn't expect them to win the belt again, but I'm like, you know what? I don't I don't mind right now. It's fine. Yeah. So. I mean, I mean, the way they've built up Rusev has been fantastic. So I don't think there's any problem with him you know, lately. Lately, of course. Yeah, love triangle nonsense aside, because that was starting to get a little bit weird. That <laughs> yes. was, yeah. It's a fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still love that quote. I don't know why. It's just, I think it's just the way he delivered it. It's a fish. It's a fish, yeah. <laughs> it's for you. Um, but I'm very excited yeah. to see where this goes. I'm interested to see where it goes as well um, with Rusev, because now it doesn't, it looks like they're not doing Cena versus Rusev. Um, Thank goodness. Which try something new? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I I was getting nervous. I'm like, ah, oh, they're gonna put Rusev back down again. But you know what? I'm glad. What I'm, I'm I, I'm if there's one thing I can really be positive about, they're pushing guys. They they really are. I mean, they, there's some new blood in there. At there's least. some new. There there are some new people. Like they're hyping up a new era. But at least there are some new guys. I mean, Rusev like he never should have lost his push in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so far he's gaining it back. He's looking dominant. Mm-hmm. Titus O'Neil's getting a shot. You know, in this limelight. See how he does. If he performs well, continue with it. Uh, we're seeing you know that's intercontinental title uh, rivalry with Owen Zane uh, Cesaro Miz who's really stepped up his game recently. Um, I'm excited to see where that goes, and we're seeing all four of those competitors being uh, put to the put over the top. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles, you know, is getting a push. Roman Reigns is getting a push, whether you like it or not. But and we're going, we're seeing Seth Rollins come back. Tag division, we can't be forgetting about that. Vaughn Enzo villains, and Cass Enzo are really Cass. helping. Yeah, Enzo and Cass are going to be the guys to beat the new day. I, I really do believe that. Who could be split up at the, at the brand extension? So that it, I, I I they split up Enzo and Cass. See that? Yeah, because they tried Cass at a singles run and it was somewhat working. They liked it, so I'm fearful that they want to put Cass on a singles run, even though they shouldn't. Better if be a major anybody, repackage. If there's if any is. if there's any tag teams that I think they're going to split, I actually do believe it's going to be the Vaudevillains. Oh, and, and they're know, not even using them right now. I know, I know, but I really do believe they're going to do the vaudevillains because I think Simon Gotch on his own will get over. It's going to be Aiden English that's going to be the problem. Have you seen any before the vaudevillains came together? Have you seen any of Aiden English's work when when they were starting when to push him? When he was him? singing and, and yeah, all that? Yes. I, I loved it. I don't know. I didn't know how long it? they were. Oh, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> the artiste, yes. Aiden English. <laughs> I mean, it helps that he can actually act because he's got that acting background. Yeah, so I again and, and I don't know how many how many how how long that they could go with that, but if they were to split the VOD villains, that might be an avenue to explore. Yeah. Uh the Dudleys getting split again would be kind of funny. I don't know if we'll see the return of Reverend Devon, but that'd be kind of funny if if we oh, did. Testify. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, maybe instead of Batista, he'll bring in somebody else. Maybe yeah. that'll be <laughs> Maybe it'll be Baron Corbin. Maybe it'll be Baron Corbin <laughs> carrying the collection plate and beating people up. That's a Okay, you know what? That's you just mentioned something now. What's what? what the Dolph Ziggler thing? 
The, oh, the wrestling. Yeah, headgear? he puts on the headgear like he's Rick Steiner, and he kicks <laughs> him in the balls. What was that? <laughs> yeah, it was him putting on the headgear and kicking him in the balls. Yeah, I, it's not like Dolph Ziggler is the second coming of Kurt Henning or anything. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> not like Billy we could Gunn combined. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. More than Curtis Axel, who I love, by the way, and I'm not going to get on a tangent about that. But <laughs> like, you have these guys. Okay, it's another rematch, but at least have them fight a four or five minute competitive match, not yeah. kick them in the crotch and then. You know, it's just a waste of talent, a waste yeah. of time. But anyway, what were we talking about? The Ziggler, uh, oh, ta- well, Ziggler, and, and, Cor- and the way Cor- people were, yeah, yeah. See, you get on these tangents. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the tag team thing. Yeah. I think the Vaude villains are going to get split up. Heck, we don't even know if any tag teams are getting split up. Well, they did hint at it. Uh, Stephanie and Shane did. So yeah, I, I know. I, I know they hinted at it, but it's like again, we don't know. I, I think just at this point, I think there's too many young teams. Uh, too many young teams in this. If you know, it'd be the ultimate laugh if the Shining Stars got uh, split up for the brand split. Are you aware of the Shining Stars? These Primo are yes, I. Uh, they love Puerto Rico. Oh yeah, I I I. That's I, their gimmick. I mean, people thought like Los Matadores was bad. I don't I don't see this as much of an improvement. I don't I at least Los Matadores was kind of cool with the entrance and the midget, but I it was the entrance <laughs> and the midget. <laughs> you know, I think, I think the appropriate term is small person. Small person, excuse me. I'm uh, politically incorrect. Uh, people Below gonna, the average. Yeah, if people didn't think that I was stuck in the 80s. jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, you say in your macho yeah. man shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> no, I don't know what they're doing with it. I I I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see much appeal with it. People are like, "Oh, just bring Carlito back." No, it's just it's not that simple. No, and then you've got uh, what else have you got? Um, oh, geez, you got. I, I, I'm drawing a blank now. But anyway, yeah, tag teams getting split up. Are they gonna get split up too? Or are they gonna? I don't know. It's it's. They love Puerto Rico both on Raw yeah. and SmackDown. <laughs> I actually thought maybe there would be some sort of like dark turn in this. Where it's like somehow, like, I mentioned this on previous episodes of the show, but they actually turn out to be like ruthless killers or something like that. And they, yeah. bur- and they bury dead bodies in the beaches of Puerto Rico, and that's why they love Puerto Rico so much. Or, I don't know. Like, it's, it's something different. I don't know. It's just their whole gimmick is when we wrestle in the ring, it's like Puerto Rico because it's our island. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. It's kind wow. of like what yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't understand it. So uh, it, it's spe- it's I'm it's speechless. Weird. Yeah, it's, I don't know. it's 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 such a weird 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 gimmick. Yeah. Um, and uh, just one last thing we'll talk about before we head to break. Uh, the women's division. Mm-hmm. Charlotte uh, partnered up with Dana Brooke, and we are looking at Natalia and Becky Lynch uh, tagging up. So I don't think we're going to get a women's championship match at uh, Money in the Bank. I think we're going to get a tag team match, uh, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what what are your thoughts on the whole you know Money in the Bank uh, situation about a po- or rather the possibility of a women's Money in the Bank? Do I'm totally imagine. cool with it. Uh, I don't like Charlotte as champion. I'm a Sasha Banks guy. Uh, <laughs> Mark, <laughs> <laughs> just a touch. Uh, but, well, I just think she's a more complete character or more complete wrestle performer. I mean, yep. she's she has it all. Um, she's really come a long way. Charlotte has a long way to go. I wish she'd stop riding her daddy's coattails in certain promos and the way she does things. But whatever, she's paying tribute. Uh, she's awful on the mic. She's okay in the ring. I, she does have that athleticism, but. Um, 
Uh, what was I going to say? The, the, I like that they're giving them at least some recognition. Love the fact, trying to put a positive spin, positive spin to this, that Natty is getting some recognition finally. Yeah. Win or lose. Because that literally, in my opinion, is... is if, if she's not the best, she's definitely up there. Yeah. Uh, she knows how to wrestle. Um, at least. I, yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, the thing with Charlotte is... I'm actually very pro-Charlotte. Okay. I'm very pro-Charlotte. I think, again, I agree with... The, People sometimes on the promos, but I think people forget that she is a heel, and uh, she does a good job of antagonizing people. Yeah, people she wasn't working as a babyface, I'll tell you that. Well, that was... no, <laughs> like I totally saw when people were like, "Oh, what terrible promos for a babyface!" I totally saw that as a heel. She's she's a good antagonist. Like I think she really comes into her own as that. Um, I think her wrestling is underrated, and 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 I do believe. I mean, to where the women's division was years ago. I will take Charlotte in a heartbeat as as champion. That's true. I'm not saying like, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying she's terrible by any means, no. but she's not like my compared favorite. to the other wrestlers. I totally agree. Like the fact that Bailey is still in NXT and Charlotte uh, is on the main roster, that's kind of disappointing to me. Yes, but that doesn't mean I don't like Charlotte mm-hmm. because I do think Charlotte. You know, I, I think Charlotte. She is, could get better. I mean, she could get better, and and, and I think it will show eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean. She's she's been in some great matches, especially with Natalia. And I think with these Natalia matches, with more and more Natalia matches, I think you know her comfort level will go up, and I think uh, that she will become just a better in ring uh, overall. Mm-hmm. Because you know the the whole uh, idea of the uh, you know the, the, the whole in ring aspect of it. I, I think they'll do much, she'll do much better. With that, we're going to take a, another quick commercial break. When we come back. We are going to bring you to our interview with Dan the Beast Severin. Oh, boy. And, uh, boy, was it ever an interesting interview. Uh, A very cool guy as well, Mr. Dan Severin. So uh, stay tuned for that. And stay tuned as well. Uh, We're going to go over some of the uh, news and rumors uh, going around the wrestling world. You're listening to Wrestling With Ideas here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. Any of your listeners that want to learn more about what I am up to, because rest assured, I, I may have uh, retired from mixed martial arts. I did come out for the one match I also had with uh, Ken Shamrock, but I have not retired in life, and I'm still staying very proactive in uh, uh, a number of different things. But uh, simply to bore you with details, just go to my website at dansevern.com because I am the beast. You are listening to Wrestling With Ideas. You better listen, otherwise I know where you live. Welcome inside Wrestling With Ideas here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. I am Zach McGibbon. On the line with me, we have got a former UFC Super Fight champion, a UFC Hall of Famer, and a two-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. We have on the line with us the Beast Dan Severn, how are you doing today, Dan? I tell you what, I'm in a, in a, in a mean and foul kind of way there, Zach. You know, I just haven't uh, haven't tore anybody up yet today. <laughs> but the day's not over yet, though, either. That's that's true. Well, I know you want to tear somebody up, but I hopefully that uh, tearing will not come to me because uh, I need to ask some questions and I need to uh, save my life. Um, so, well, uh, you know, I mean, the, the telephone can only that, that marketing thing of saying reach out and touch someone, but it's just not the, quite the same way. There's been a few times I've had some calls. I really would have liked to reach to that receiver and grab the talker by the throat. <laughs> he stopped because 
and to, and to dismantle it from his body. <laughs> Well, uh, now, now I'm a little bit afraid, um, but uh, let's get things going. And, uh, of course, you are uh, famous, really, for a lot of your early UFC fights. One of the most famous fights you've had uh, is with Ken Shamrock. There's been two fights between you and uh, Mr. Shamrock, and we've been waiting for that third fight. And uh, recently you were going to have the UR fight, uh, but then it got canceled. Uh, my question to you is, do you still want to fight Ken Shamrock? Well, Yes, I would, but I don't know how I could actually guarantee that he's going to show up. I mean, that's, that's the hard part that uh, I'd like to know what company can, can serve me his head on a platter knowing that, that he will be there. I, I wasted five months of my life for him just to, uh, you know, uh, bail out in less than nine days before. I mean, it's, it's, it is it's is true, uh, but uh, another question for you, obviously, this is a wrestling show. If the opportunity arose where a wrestling promotion, let's say WWE or, heck, even a TNA or Ring of Honor approached you and said, we are going to do Ken Shamrock versus Dan Severin in a wrestling match, just a pro wrestling match, would you take it? Well, I'll say, depending on what, what outcomes they were looking for, <laughs> I, I'd have to leave it like that. <laughs> that's true that's true and uh let's just go back into uh the 90s you were the nwa world heavyweight champion uh what first draw drew you actually from moving away from the yeah, ufc uh to uh nwa and eventually into wwf okay let me i was going to just elaborate just a little bit more about the, about that answer right there i mean i know i'm kind of giving you short answers but uh the reality is that uh you know, that, that's one of my main, my main factors why I'm not working with the WWE anymore as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, uh, I'm, 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 uh, I really care about what characters that I portray. And, uh, you know, the cycle of a professional wrestler, I mean, if you're going to be a good guy, the baby face, eventually you're going to be the, the heel, the bad guy. And then, you know, you'll, you'll go back to being the, the, the baby face again. That's just the, the cycle of a wrestler that you're the heel may turn over to be the baby for a while and then go back to be the heel. It just, that, that is a cycle of, of that industry. So I was always considered basically a baby face, just kind of a no-nonsense. I didn't wear no goofy outfits. I didn't cut no goofy promos. I wore the exact same outfits that I wore in uh, the Oakland Fighting Championship. So, uh, you know, now when, when the creative team starts pitching me the crazy idea of putting 666 across my forehead, Mark of the Beast, and becoming an undertaker or a disciple, I might get up, put my hands up like the Tia for timeout, blow a little whistle. <laughs> I go, timeout, guys, not going to happen. I live in small town USA. I don't want any repercussions to my family, nor to my businesses, nor to myself. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree with you there on that. Um, being in the WWF, uh, you also got the chance to work with uh, Owen Hart. Uh, what was it like working with uh, Owen? Well, I enjoyed working with him. I mean, I, I've known about the, you know, the Hart family for a number of years uh, before I ever get involved in the uh, wacky world of professional wrestling. And then uh, to be doing uh, angles between uh, Owen, Steve Blackman, and Ken Shamrock. We, we, we seemed like we kept getting the four of us kept being put together for different uh, venues. Um, you know, but Owen, you know, just to get to know him. I mean, he definitely you know, enjoyed, he, he really enjoyed the industry, the business. Uh, he really, uh, really loved seeing the uh, the Blue Blazer character. You can always see him revert into a little kid the way he put that outfit on. He just wanted to be sneaky and, 
do uh, just just all kind of tomfoolery type of things with it. So it's just kind of a shame that what, what that basically happened with all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you first joined the WWF, you were part of the, uh, I guess you could say, NWA invasion with uh, Jim Cornette. Uh, how did they approach you about that invasion, and uh, did they tell you what they were going to do with your character uh, when you joined? No. I mean, that's probably the best way of saying it. No, I was never really informed whatsoever. I mean, I know that the NWA invasion was actually already in place prior to me coming there. And then, uh, you know, Jim Cornette was being... Uh, added to me as, you know, kind of that representative, that mouthpiece. And uh, he was Jim was very frustrated with the creative team. You know, one day he left a creative meeting, and then I was yeah, the, the cafeteria area, just kind of, you know, doing my own thing. And he comes up there, and, you know, Jim's very animated, way he's waving his hands around and saying a few uh, colorful adverbs, I guess, nouns, pronouns, adverbs. Uh, and uh, he was... Uh, he was just simply saying that he goes, the creative team doesn't have a clue to do what to do with you, that band. He goes, you're the greatest thing that hit professional wrestling. He goes, you're a wrestler who can wrestle. He goes, we haven't had one of those in a long time. And uh, as with the sheer fact, he goes, you got all these titles. He goes, and they still know what to do with them. And uh, again, there's a few other colorful ex- uh, ex- that were uh, extruded. But, uh, you know, I'll just simply say that it was. They're, uh, they're ball that they fumbled on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> you were uh, obviously in the same promotion uh, with uh, Ken Shamrock, and still there was buzz about a possible uh, third fight, obviously stemming from the uh, first two uh, UFC fights. Um, was there any plans in place at any point that they told you about, about a possible Dan Severin versus Ken Shamrock fight at a pay-per-view? Well, that uh, that would have, was a, basically a no-brainer. Um, you know, the fact that uh, you know the, the company found out that both of us were professional wrestlers, or really ever starting our cage fighting careers, so it's a no-brainer that uh, that uh, the, the rubber match should have happened. Why it did not happen, I have not a clue. But you know, if any, if any place, you know, the wacky old professional wrestling would have been probably one of the best places to have conducted it. Mm-hmm. And. Uh... Also, can you just describe that uh, backstage environment uh, during that time in 1998, uh, just the locker room environment, how wrestlers were, uh, et cetera? Well, I mean, I just have to say it was all still part of that attitude era. You know, everyone was, I'll say almost everyone was kind of like a, you know, kind of a heel to a certain factor. I mean, it was, uh, what I really, really enjoyed about that whole aspect was you had the WCW that was in existence. You had the ECW that was in existence. WCW was kicking WWF's butt, like, for 52 or 54 weeks straight. And it forced the WWF to really put forth a better product. It, it, it forced uh, the company to push boundaries. And, and that whole attitude here, I think, was just was a great period to be involved in the industry. And that's also be, I'll, I'll go right back to, I actually think that competition is a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just sheer fact that, you know, that Vince and the WWF really doesn't have any kind of competition whatsoever. It just, you know, it puts you in kind of that lackadaisical type of aspect that you're not putting out the best part that you possibly can put out. Uh, also, it does not give as many opportunities for, uh, you know, for guys and girls to get involved in that industry and, and actually make some type of a livelihood that they can really sustain themselves or, or retire on. 
Absolutely. And uh, when you left the WWF, uh, were there any plans at all to go to WCW or ECW afterwards? Uh, no, actually, uh, the very first company that I think ever called me was WWF, and then WCW caught wind of it, and then uh, I went back and forth between the two companies just a little bit. You know, but the unique aspect of what I was looking for was non-exclusivity, and that's basically what uh, the WWF, you know, F gave me. Is uh, and I think I, I still think that I am the only athlete to this date that has ever been non-exclusive. I could have worked for anybody, including WCW and ECW, and I think that was one of the things that they realized after the fact that. Gosh, if we do start putting any titles on Dan Severn, who's to stop him from going over to WCW and dropping a strap over there? But to be at the same token, they didn't know the type of person I am, what my integrity is as well. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, you know, it's, to me, it's common sense. You don't bite the hand that feeds you. But at the same token... Let me ask you, Zach, a quick question. Okay. What other industry or company are you aware of that if you should get on on some type of uh, drugs or things of this nature, uh, that the company will, will step forward and ship you off on their dime, clean you back up, once you get cleaned back on up, rehire you, not just on one occasion, but maybe on two, three, or more occasions? Are you aware of any other industry or any other company that would do such a thing? Not that I know of off the top of my head. Same here. No other industry. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that, you know, as I say that, you know, a lot of these athletes there are, um, there's no accountability for some of their actions. And if, and if that's all you're going to do is judge a person by the ability of drawing money, well, you got some, you got some really crazies that are out there that they sh- should probably be looking at. That's one of the things that that I find a hard time comprehending when it comes to the professional wrestling industry. It does not follow some of the most basic principles of business one one. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's not my company, and if they're happy with ways things are going, well, then. Who am I to say elsewise? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, let's just go in and just talk about just some of the modern wrestling. How how uh, in, in tune are you with some of the current WWE programming? Not at all. Not at all? Um, nope, not at all. I mean, it was, uh, I, I, I watch, I really watch professional wrestling for kind of a short period of time. Um, I was approached by professional so a couple, not a couple, but uh, several independent professional companies into the mid-80s. It was only as of the 1992 Olympics that a new rule came down from the United States Olympic Committee that allowed athletes to be amateur and professional simultaneously, just as long as you weren't involved in any kind of high school athletic uh, programs or collegiate sports programs because you'd still be governed by NCAA rules or the high school athletic association rules. I was already well past my collegiate eligibility, so I could have my cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. That's I turned pro as of the 1992 Olympics, and uh, it, it just, I, I used my real name, I used my real amateur wrestling credentials, and uh, realistically, very early on in my career, um, I had, there was a couple wrestlers from Nashville, Tennessee, that uh, that uh, heard the, the credentials, asked me if, if they were legit, and I told them they were, and they were said that you, 
I should be uh, in Japan doing the same called like shoot fighting, you know, strong style of professionals. And then that's basically I just gave them an athletic resume and a and a business card. And as a, as a, the story goes, three days later I get a phone call. Ten days later I'm in Nashville, Tennessee for for a tryout. Thirty days later I'm in uh, Tokyo, Japan, in front of I don't know ten or twelve thousand people. Not didn't have a clue as to what I was doing. All I know is that my Asian uh, uh, opponent kicked me half a dozen times really, really hard. And uh, the cheese kind of slipped off his cracker. I, I just closed the distance, figured I'm not going to pee off on me anymore, just grabbed him and just flung him all over the place, much to the crowd's uh, delight. And that was that was it. The interpreter said that uh, Dan uh, Don Saboni, so you will become a superstar <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't know about that superstar stuff, but I'm not going to let, let just someone just pee off on me like that without repercussions. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I, I, now I don't know if you're aware, this has just been recently trending in the wrestling world. Have you uh, been able to catch the uh, big match between Osprey, Will Osprey and Ricochet that was uh, getting a lot of people's attention because there was a lot of you know flips and high spots uh, in the match? No. Uh, well, what are your thoughts on just high spots and flips in general in matches? Do you think that they should be controlled? Do you think it belongs in pro wrestling? Or just what are your general thoughts on that? Okay, this, okay, just so I make sure now I'm understanding where I come from. This was some flips and then uh, over the top type of that were done in a mixed martial arts event? Uh, no, more, more of a New Japan pro wrestling event. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, it's uh, you know, th- there's there's a lot of interaction between really the two industries of mixed martial arts and professional wrestling. I mean, you can simply look at uh, what uh, you know Dana White and uh, um, the Fertitta brothers. I mean, they, they're u- utilizing a Vince McMahon business uh, manual as their business model as well. This simply knows that. Uh, you know, today's mixed martial arts competitor has to be a, a whole lot more than just a competitor because, you know, let's face it, you know, there's there's a hundred other guys that want your spot pretty bad. It, it, it is, uh, you know, crazy hairstyles, uh, colors of your hair, hairstyles. Now you're wearing a mar- mohawk. Right? you got crazy-looking facial hair. You're, you're doing, uh, uh, you know, what what kind of outfit are you, are, are you wearing out there, colors and stuff like this. I mean, it just... In the promos that you're, you're cutting, I mean, uh, there, there's been a number of standout guys that have typically looked at professional wrestling and have used that as their own business model as well because they simply know that that controversy, that stirring of the pot, it helps create sales. I mean, you go all the way back to Muhammad Ali, one of the, the best talkers in the, the pugilistic art sale for, in the world of boxing. But the guy would, would, would tell you, if, if you read his book, that, uh, you know, he, he learned a lot about professional wrestling when he first started watching Gorgeous George, of all people, of how being over-the-top flamboyant and that uh, and what it could do for possible controversy or, or that creates more ticket sales because people may want to tune in to watch you win or to watch you get your butt beat, one or the other. It sells a ticket. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, uh there's a lot. There's been a lot of uh, independent uh, pro wrestling promotions out there. Recently, you were actually at uh, one of them. Uh, how would you describe uh, the independent scene of wrestling now? Now that you've been uh, wrestling on there, uh, as compared to wrestling in the NWA in the '90s. 
Well, I mean, it's uh, well, I, mean, I actually had a couple shows just this past week, and I really enjoyed. I mean, there's the, the the great thing and the sad thing. It kind of goes hand in hand. The great thing is, I mean, I could, this this past week I was in Cleveland. I, I really had an enjoyable. So they were doing a little term term format, so I was there for Friday night, Saturday night. It was actually very enjoyable. I watched uh, most of the show, and just watched the guys go out there, just really just pulling out the stops for matches. And I'm thinking, and, and the sad part on to it is that these guys will never get that opportunity because if professional wrestling was just solely based upon true athletic ability and persona, a lot of guys that aren't on the independent scene should be working for some of the biggest companies in the world. And yet, it will never even be discovered because professionalism is so politically dictated. Absolutely. It's really, I mean, the sad thing is it's not uh, what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. I, I totally see your point. Um do you think we'll ever see a point where uh, professional wrestling, as you see it, uh, becomes more athletic-based and more people are watching because of the athleticism that they show uh, in the ring? Well, you, you are seeing a lot more athletes that are, that are crossing over back and forth. You know, they might have been an MMA fighter and now doing professional wrestling or professional wrestling and now doing some MMA. They're just and, and you're seeing the two are being mixed more and more. I mean, even even the Undertaker was doing submissions and stuff like that as influenced from the, the, the mixed martial arts world. So I think you, you're going to still see athletes that are going to try to be a part of both industries. You, the reality is you are you can do one a whole lot longer than the other. Yeah, a career in professional wrestling, you can go for eight in, whereas mixed martial arts, you, you may only have a couple, uh, a couple matches, and, and that might be it because it is so punishing to the body. Absolutely. And uh, just one last uh, question for you. Uh, compared, how would you uh, describe the rise of MMA uh, from your time in the 90s uh, to now with the UFC and the big box office draws like Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey? Well, it, 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 the inevitability, it was going to happen. When I first saw this back in uh, 94, I was kind of blown away by it. I'm thinking, you can actually do the type of competition here in the United States. I was, I was floored with it. And it was kind of ironic. I I could have, uh, you know, one of my buddies might be stopping by my place just for just a quick minute, just drop something off, but he'll see that I I have this, I had the uh, VHS tape that, that would be playing and, uh, on the TV set. Oh, hour and a half, two hours later, he's still sitting on the edge of my, my couch, screaming and hollering at the access taking place because it's so, uh, I don't know, attracting, it's uh, alluring, it, it captivating your, of your attention, because especially in that, in that early on aspect of no holes barred as opposed to the mixed martial arts, because in today's mixed martial arts world, you have, I think, either 41 or 47 rules and back in the old no holes bar days, you just had two rules, and that was no biting, no eye gouging, no weight classes, no time periods. Uh, you bare knuckled action. Uh, you had the eight man tournament. You had the, the same two hour pay per view that plays to this day. Uh, back then, you had to face and defeat three opponents during that time frame. So that there was a lot of different novelties about that 
that uh, pioneering cutting edge era that a lot of things had to be changed, concessions had to be made with athletic commissioners and legislators. Otherwise, we would be talking about uh, this sport in the past tense because it would have been banned altogether. You know, they referred to it as, you know, uh, human cockfighting and uh, the old, the, the uh, new version of, of the gladiators and things of that nature. So it had to it had to change, and now you have a very a very well marketed uh, product that uh, is very captivating. And I think that the industry, well, it's it'll be I think it'll be twenty I think it's twenty one years old as of this coming December. And I, I believe that uh, once we hit about that, let's say that about that, that twenty five year mark. That's when I think that your the next evolution I see that's really going to happen in this sport is kind of what you just talked about uh, before was how these athletes are going to utilize that cage wall more and more to where, yes, you're throwing punches and I'm backing up the way that I will springboard off of this uh, off this cage wall and throw a, a flying knee, a Superman punch, or step off that cage wall, head kick. Those are some things that are being done right now, but I think it will it will go so far extreme to where I just make you mad and you and you chase me across the, the the cage floor and literally I will run right up the cage wall with my toes into the chain linking and I will do a complete somersault, slap on a rear naked choke and before my feet ever hit the ground, have you choked out in the process. Now that's just kind of a crazy example, but I think that is where the sport will eventually go, that uh, so many people will practice naked technique off of that cage wall that uh, it'll be a, a new dimension to the sport. Absolutely, and uh, we'll end it off on there. Thank you, Dan, for... You're listening to the greatest wrestling show on the planet. This is Wrestling With Ideas. And we are back. What a great interview that was, eh? Oh, jeez. I mean, I I like riding my own coattails sometimes, (laughs) but I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. He had a lot to say. Oh yeah! Oh I, yeah! I might give that another listen. Uh, That's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know you. I you told me uh, before the show started that you listened to the Les Thatcher interview. Oh uh, which my you can, which, gosh, which, that was great. Which which you can listen to on wrestlingwithideas.podbean.com. Um, Les, you know he he's been in the business for a long, long time. His first match, 1960, was his first match, and uh, he really knows his stuff. Like he was very clear, articulate, knew exactly what he was talking about. Uh, again, a great interview there. And, of course, a great interview with Dan Severin for the 50th episode of Wrestling With Ideas. Let's go to our news and rumors uh, quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we'll take another quick commercial break. Some of the big news and rumors going on. I listened to, uh, I think it was WrestleZone Daily, um, the radio show that they play uh, during the day. And uh, they, they brought on Court Bauer. And uh, they, were, they asked him, what was the biggest missed storyline opportunity? And he said, back in 2006, there was going to be a storyline of Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon in a wrestling match, similar to what it was at WrestleMania a couple of years back. But instead of obviously Bret and Vince wrestling, it would eventually lead to Triple H getting involved in the feud and then Shawn Michaels. And what would happen is it would be it would lead up to a Survivor Series matchup where it would be the Hart family with Bret Hart, uh, Jim Neidhart, um, Natalia. Um, Teddy Hart, who, uh, I don't know if you know who Teddy Hart is. Oh, what a waste of talent. Oh, man. But he, I heard he was on his own demise, but he had something. Yeah, Teddy Hart and, uh, Tyson Kidd and, uh, Davey Boy's son, uh, 
David Hart. David Hart Smith. Was Tyson, because Tyson came in a little bit after, but okay, I yeah. don't know if that's... Like, 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 this is back in 2006. Mm. He actually did get signed a Tyson kid in 2006. Was it 2006? Yeah. Okay. A lot of the guys did. He actually said the reason why they were all signed was to get ready for that angle, mm-hmm. which I found interesting. Interesting. And who he would face would be all of Shawn Michaels' trainees. So it would be Brian Kendrick, Paul London, a young Brian Danielson, yeah. perhaps. Um, and it would be this big Survivor Series matchup. Shawn Michaels and Triple H, of course, would get involved. And it would be this big Survivor Series matchup where it would be the Hart family versus uh, Shawn Michaels' protégés, where, again, it would go from Vince McMahon and Bret Hart to it going back to Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, that big feud, which, is, which I found interesting that mm. uh, he brought up. Um, so, again, what, what, would you book that sort of feud at all? Wow, I didn't even think of that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think... Man, oh man. I think if they were managing their own guys, I think, yeah, for sure, tweak it a bit. Uh, Vince would... Would Vince not be somewhat... I mean, Vince, wouldn't he kind of take Sean's side at first as opposed to Brett's, or would there be the reconciliation? It would would, would be all like Vince is on Sean's side because Brett screwed Brett, that's all. Because I I don't think Hunter would be on Brett's side. Even in a storyline, it wouldn't be believable, but maybe it would be. I don't know. Uh... Yeah, I mean, especially because 2006, in my view, it was starting to get kind of eh. Would have been interesting. <laughs> to me, 2006 was the worst year in WWE's history. I would say... In my yeah. opinion. And that's because I lived through that. Because I watched wrestling from 2004 to 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, Oof, I'm so but sorry. But after 2006, I started to slow down on it because 2006 was such a bad year. Spirit Squad, man. Oh, oy, oy, oy. <laughs> And... Uh, and I only came back to wrestling in 2011 because I heard about the whole CM Punk stuff. Yeah, that's, that's what brought not, me back too. That's that's the that's a whole different ordeal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but, that, but that's an interesting storyline, eh? For Survivor Series. Yeah. I mean, that would be that would be uh, that would be something. There'd be a lot of drama you could, you could put into that, right? Yeah. The whole. I mean, the only. I mean, yeah. And then have like we can't do it anymore, even though they were kind of using Sean Pass's prime, and he was still good. But yeah. you kind of we can't Sean do it Pass's anymore. Sean Pass's prime but. is better than Roman in his prime. No kidding. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a different and there's conversation no argument later. About that. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, but no, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't see the issue with it as long as it's uh, it's tweaked a little bit to have them sort of. We can't fight the battle, but you young guys can, and you can have yep. little vignettes of them training in the ring and the gym, and come on, yep. and mm-hmm. especially because it's like you know Brett wants the one up Sean or Sean wants the one up Brett because there'd be a little bit of that realism in there as well. Yep. And that yeah, why not? That'd be cool. Yeah, why not? That would yeah. be very cool. Um, Who would win it, though? What would the finish be? Mm, a screw job, perhaps? Oh, yeah. Of course, at the Survivor Series. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I oh, think geez. I have to think about this stuff. If you save it for 2007, if you save that feud for 2007, <laughs> yeah. 10-year anniversary yeah. of Survivor Series, screw job finish? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vince well, ringing the, the bell. Oh, I can totally see it. No, Shane rings the bell. Imagine Shane ringing the bell. Shane ringing the bell. Mm. So, uh, anyways, we're going to take another quick commercial break. When we come back, we're just going to wrap things up for Wrestling With Ideas. You're listening to Wrestling With Ideas here on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. And we are back from commercial, and uh, that's just about to do it uh, for Wrestling With Ideas here on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. I want to thank Marco Rossi, of course, Marco Rolo on the yes. show. Thank you for coming on on uh, short notice for the 50th episode. 
50th episode. It's been a lot of fun, man. Thanks very much for having me on. This is, uh, I don't know how long you guys normally go. It's It's been a while, but... Oh, uh, well, according <laughs> to our recording, we've got some added uh, content because of the uh, 50th episode. Uh, so we will have, I, obviously this show is an hour long on the radio. It will be right around an hour and a half, and that's not even including the Dave uh, Dan Severin interview. So that's going to be awesome. So a big show for you guys there. Uh, check us out on uh, Podbean, wrestlingwithideas.podbean.com. You can hear all the old episodes there, including our interviews with Mr. Dan Severin, the full interview there. You can also listen to our interviews with Les Thatcher, Jeff Jarrett, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Teddy Long, a whole bunch of guys. Mark AP, who is the head booker of uh, C4 Wrestling. We're going to try and get him back on as well. We got a ton of positive responses from having him on. Um, so we're going to bring him on one more time, getting ready for the Summer of Slam. And uh, then uh, well, that, that's the hope, I guess. And, uh, of course, uh, check us out. WrestlingWithIdeas.Pobby.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and Player FM. And also, one last quick announcement before we wrap things up. We will be back covering Great North Wrestling. And uh, it will not be live, unfortunately. Uh, we will be pre-recording the show, and it was we'll be playing, as far as we know, uh, Sunday at 7 o'clock. So uh, tune in to that. It's going to be a fun show. Um, we had a ton of fun on the first one. I know Marco was listening in, and uh, he had a good time listening in. And uh, So it should be another fun one indeed. Of course, uh, we've had uh, Hannibal, who is the current champion for Great North Wrestling. Uh, we've had him on before. He's a great guy. I learned a lot uh, from him and, of course, of his battle uh, with Hepatitis C. Um, and you can check out those interviews as well there on uh, wrestlingwithideas.podbean.com. So stay tuned. This will be on CKDJ 107.9 FM. And more stuff will be on the way. I really want to build this uh, radio show up even more ever since 50. So uh, let's see what we can do with it. And uh, later on, we are going to be having, uh, of course, this is the next two weeks, we are going to be having another WWE Hall of Famer for an interview. We have the legendary Tito Santana for an interview. That is going to be a great one. And, uh, of course, two-time Intercontinental Champion, two-time Tag Team Champion. And uh, it's going to be some interesting stories indeed from him. But until then, again, listen to all of our shows, wrestlingwithideas.poppy.com, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and uh, Player FM as well. Also, we are on Google Play Podcasts. So uh, check us out there. There is no excuse to not listen to Wrestling With Ideas. There is not. Otherwise, I will get Dan Severin to come over and put you into a, a Kimura lock. He'll do it, too. And he'll do it, too. So until then, guys, have a good one. You have just listened to the greatest wrestling show on the planet. Keep updated with everything going on with Wrestling With Ideas by following us on Twitter or leaving a like on the Wrestling With Ideas Facebook page. Listen to archived episodes of the show on Podbean and the Podbean app. Or take a listen on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and Player FM. We will be back next week to wrestle with ideas.